Welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Hauser. And I'm James Marriott. Coming up then, another late collapse for Wednesday at Blackburn. Uh, we'll hear Gary Monk's thoughts. We've also got Kieran Westwood and we'll look ahead to what I'm going to call a real must-win game against Swansea on Saturday. Uh, firstly, we're back in our normal room at the Star Offices this week. You may be able to hear the rain on the uh, on the window because we are in the middle of some kind of Armageddon in, uh, in Sheffield as we record this. Uh, we're going to need an arc to hire to get to the game on Saturday, but I'm sure it'll be... Um, I'm sure it'll be fine. It's truly grim. It is truly, truly grim. Blackburn on Saturday then. I wasn't there. Um, I was away, but I did watch it abroad. You were there. Yeah. Give us your kind of headline assessment. Pains me to say it, Wednesday got what they deserved. Uh, I, I actually think they would have been fortunate to, co- to have come away with a draw. Um, because there was a lack of creativity, Barry Bannon was a big loss in midfield. There's no getting away from that. They could have really done with Massimo Luongu too. And so they have had to really change that midfield around, bringing Kieran Lee in for his first start in, I think, six or seven weeks. So he was understandably a bit rusty. Joey Pelipesi was off the pace. Adam Reach, ditto. Uh, yeah, that I mean, I, I thought that was possibly, I mean, the most alarming stat of the weekend uh, when I looked into it on Monday that Adam Reach had had, you know, 16 touches in 70 minutes and, no, sorry, in, in 23 touches in 70 minutes and Jacob Murphy had 16 in 20 that he was on. So it just shows you the tactics that Wednesday employed. It was just all very negative for me. It was, a, you know, when you look at it and you thought, Blackburn are there for the taking. You know, they, they went into that game on the back of six matches without a win, lacking confidence, brittle at the back. It was nil-nil at half-time and if Wednesday had upped it by even 10%, I think... They they would have got the job done, uh, and then they took they still took the lead and managed to throw it away. It's it's I mean whichever way you look at it, it's not brilliant, is it? I mean you you're right. I've I've literally got written down here. This is a Blackburn team who really were there for the taking. They had very little about them, um, and you might you might surmise over the course of the game that they probably did more to win it, but. They, they really were lacking in quality. And we know that this Wednesday team can play better than that and should be able to beat a Blackburn team like that. Um, but forgetting all of that, there's no getting away from, you know, on 83 minutes, it turns into a mini game and we go 1-0 up. Uh, at any team, doesn't matter how well or how badly you've played, if you take the lead in the last 10 minutes, you should not be coming away from that game with nothing. I said it to someone on social media, do you know what match it reminded me a little bit of? It was Brighton away in Carlos's second season uh, when they lost 2-1 on a Friday night in front of the cameras. Uh, and that I think that night they had two men sent off, Fletcher and Hutchinson. So they made a right pig's ear of it then. I think Forestieri missed a penalty. And yeah, game management, you, you can't get past those words. It just went horribly to pot. And uh, Wednesday conceded two uncharacteristic goals. You know, defensively they have been so strong. And even after conceding two last weekend, they still have, I think, the second best record in the division. Uh, but it just shows you that you can't rely on that and that 
it's it's coming back to what we have talked about time and time again of the lack of goals in this team and that is a worrying thing and it it needs to be addressed but, but the data, the problem is you're looking at it and you're thinking that Gary Monk doesn't trust the personnel in the striking department clearly he's been here now for a couple of months he's looked at it and hasn't tinkered with the strikers, the the backup ones in Sam Winnell and Jordan Rhodes, they've been nowhere to see, nowhere to be seen. Fernando Forestieri isn't getting that much game time either. That might change, of course, against Swansea. We'll have to wait and see. So you've got to wait until January to really strengthen that department. They've got to make do now for the next seven, eight matches until the end of the year minimum with what they've got. So he's got to find a way of getting more out of them. But... Second half, at nil-nil, you're wanting them Wednesday to play on the front foot and really take it to Blackburn just after the break. And in fact, the opposite happened. And Blackburn, had it not been for Kieran Westwood making two or three really good saves, would have been out of sight themselves. And so Wednesday were, you know, Wednesday eventually scored very much against the run of play. There was a certain sort of unambitious feel about. Probably the whole performance, to be fair, but I think you're right, particularly second half. Um, and it it reminded me of a couple of games this season where Wednesday have had games in quick succession and have just looked a bit off the boil. And, and there's no reason for that this time around. There wasn't a midweek game. Um, you know, we'd actually, by, I mean, a matter of hours, but we'd, we'd obviously played earlier on um, Saturday last week. And it, it just... Um, yeah, it just felt unambitious is the only word that I can kind of think to describe it. And what what I can't get my head around with this is that I can't see that Gary Monk would deliberately employ that tactic. So some something there's 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 a missing link somewhere in there. Either Gary Monk's just not briefing the team right, the setup's just completely wrong, or the players just aren't really doing what they're supposed to be doing, or some something just isn't going right. Is it the midfield? Was the midfield the problem? Because that was a real cut and shut midfield, wasn't it? You wouldn't have Hutch, Pelipesi and Lee as your three in midfield or you know, by 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 design. I can't see a scenario where there'd be the three midfielders of, of the ones that we've got that you would pick to play together. I think he looked at it and has gone the away from home. They have been playing with that four three three setup, and when you've you've lost Bannon a couple of days in the build up to the game, you knowing that Luongu's not going to be fit either, you you are really limited then. So he went with what midfielders he had fit and available, uh, but would the more ambitious, adventurous change have been to have gone 4-4-2? It's easy to say with hindsight, but, but it is. But when you look at the Middlesbrough uh, results and performance they put in that day with the two, you know, the big ones up top, and you're thinking, why maybe not... Go, you know, you're going to Blackburn, who are shipping goals in. Why don't you go with that again? Why, why not go with Atty and Stephen Fletcher up top and then you can keep your two holding midfielders in there if you want in Sam Hutchinson and Joey Pelipesi. That's fine. Right? That's okay. You know, you're going away from home so you do want still some solidity in there and you're relying then on that creativity out wide. Uh, but to go with the 4-3-3 setup, 
yeah, Blackburn do play 4-2-3-1, so he's worried about losing the midfield battle. They lost it anyway. I thought they still edged it, playing the way they did. It, you're right about it's so easy to say in hindsight, but I remember there was a point during the second half where I was just screaming at the, the TV screen, just saying, this is not working. The 4-3-3 the lineup wasn't working. Fletcher look, looked isolated, um, and it's not the first time that we've seen that in games where sometimes it really works, sometimes it, it just doesn't. Um, and being without Bannon, obviously, is a big loss, but that's happened before, and we've coped with it. And uh, we we can't have this scenario where a player who uh, and I you know I, I say this in inverted commas he, he's you know he's picked up injuries before I'm not saying that he's an injury prone player Bannon but there are always going to be a few games a season where we're going to be without him that's that's the kind of player that that he is uh, and we've got to be able to deal with with this stuff and and we just didn't you know we just looked we looked we looked lightweight we looked sloppy uh, we looked actually a bit disinterested for me on on Saturday it just looked like a team that just didn't didn't seem to have a plan it just things just didn't seem to work and um, I, I've got to come back to the fact that when that happens and then you take the lead with seven minutes to go that's that for me is like it's a smash and grab all right you've got the and now you just defend that lead with your with your life that last i mean actually right up until 88 minutes that that last two minutes and injury time was was just awful wasn't it it was it was so sloppy um uncharacteristic mistakes by by certain players um it felt it was a little bit like watching a Sunday league team trying to clear the ball at times. And, and that's a really awful, really damning thing to say, but that's how it felt. And the deflection for the winner is really unlucky. And on another day, it goes mm. wide. On another day, Kieran Westwood saves that really easily. And I accept on another day, Fernando Forestieri might go up the other end and score and not hit the post. But um, we, you know, ultimately, we lost that game and we shouldn't have. Break down the two goals. So the equaliser, it's... A free kick that is 50, 60 yards away from goal. And their defender has got the jump on Dominic Iorfa and Atty Nuyu. So two of Wednesday's biggest players, tallest players. And that was part of the reason why Atty Nuyu was, was brought on. Mm-hmm. So communication between the two of them, they should have dealt with that. There will also be question marks over Kieran Westwood's positioning. At the time, I did think, actually, he was quite far off his line. Uh, it was, don't get me wrong, I'm taking nothing away from the header. A tremendous header. Uh, but I don't know, will Kieran Westwood... I wouldn't... I don't I put more go, blame. I, I put more... That shouldn't, that it, shouldn't it, be going in. No, it shouldn't be. So... This is what I mean. So between the individual errors there from the defence, arguably the goalkeeper, uh, that was not a good moment. And then a couple of minutes later, it has to be said, actually, it's not really been picked up on. Uh, the, I mean, Julian Berner, who I praised heavily, he's then made a big mistake, probably his first in a Wednesday shirt. He's really made a hash of that clearance. And although he did try to recover from that and made a good block... It then got to that stage where Sam Hutchinson has tried to charge down Buckley's effort, but he's been blocked off and he couldn't get there in time and it's gone and taken that deflection in. Neither goal, both were very avoidable and, and they, they shouldn't have, you know, you shouldn't, you know, soft to concede from a set play and then to concede in that manner right at the end. It, it's very poor game management and, yeah, it, I mean, it's hard to be positive. You know, we always 
you know, you know, try to look at it from both sides. But when you, you just look at the opportunity there for Wednesday to really cement a place in the playoffs, to be you know, to be minimum fifth going into the final match before the third international break. So there was an opportunity was there to again put a marker down, keep them being ro- in unbeaten run going, uh, and instead. Wednesday have put a lot of pressure on themselves going into Swansea. I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of of, of doing this in terms of kind of psychoanalyzing what someone says. But there was there was a point when when you were chatting to Gary Monk last week, uh, and it was in the episode last week. If anyone wants to go back and listen to it, there was a point where he said something that surprised me. Where you kind of talked about the importance of keeping the run going, and he says, "Yeah, but it's all right if we lose as well." And I'm paraphrasing there. That's not exactly how he said it. Um, and at the time I heard it, I just thought, that's a bit odd. I don't know why, I just wouldn't expect him to say, well, it's all right if we if we lose. Um, is, I think he was trying to play is, is down this, expectations. I guess so, yeah. I, I, I'm sure but he's I'm with not you, saying though. something similar to the, to the players, but, but you it can, just feels like there isn't a culture of winning there. Well, I think he's still trying, in fairness to him, to change and turn that mentality around, and that isn't going to happen overnight. So we do have to uh, give him plenty of latitude there that it's going to take time and that he's not had a transfer window to work with uh, he's been unlucky with some of the players that have been out injured that could have been completely different on Saturday if Barry Bannon's in midfield I, in fact I would have I'd say I feel a lot more confident that Wednesday certainly would have come away with a result as he was exactly the type of player they were missing in that last five to ten minutes, someone to get on the ball, dictate, take the sting out of things, and maybe that's an issue. That the fact of the matter is that Barry Bannon's now been at the club for over four years, and they still perhaps don't have an adequate replacement for him when he's not there. And that, I'm afraid, is that's pointing towards recruitment again that we have discussed at length, and no doubt will in the future. Is there anyone that came out of the game for you um, with a, a kind of a positive mark next to them? No. No, I, 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 I Burner, until the mistake, would have been, for me, comfortably man of the match, but that was a costly error. Uh, but but other than that, two full-backs were okay. You know, Morgan Fox has, again, put a good ball in for Jacob Murphy. He's got, actually, Jacob Murphy, I thought, was looked brighter in that last 20 minutes um, than what he has done. Can I borrow some of your straws there to clutch at? Yeah. But that's about it. I, I I could not... I came away and I was so disappointed that I couldn't find that many positives. And and really, you're pulling the wool over people's eyes if you're saying otherwise that that was a good day at the office. You know, there were some away games where you go down 2-1 where a team's given it everything and they created lots of chances. They've been unlucky. That wasn't one of those days. I, I want to kind of just put it in a box and say, look, it was a bad day at the office. Let's write it off. We can't, though, but because... The, there is this theme that's crept in. So we, we sat here 
a few weeks ago and talked about, and I think it was just before the whole game, and talked about how this Wednesday team have not conceded a goal in the last 15 minutes of a game. What you're saying is you jinxed, you jinxed Wednesday here. Uh, is this I, what you've done? I, it may have been me that mentioned it, but it, I'm sure it was a stat that I read in the star. Um, but By Alex Miller. I think it probably was, yeah. This is the same Alex Miller who talked about uh, if a Wednesday player got injured, uh, who would we miss the most? And we've subsequently had loads of injuries, so let's blame everything on Alex, yes. all his fault. Fair do. Um, since then, we've seen this creeping in time and time again. So late goal against Cardiff, obviously the one against Hull. Uh, we saw it again with the two goals against uh, Blackpool. Having gone from being quite resolute towards the back end of games, Wednesday now look look wobbly, whether they've got the lead or not. We look we look wobbly towards the back end of games. I, I think it's what, mental. What's changed? I think what, it's, how's that come about? I think it's lack of concentration. I think it's, for me, it's definitely not fitness. I, I think there would have been maybe a time where, say, at the back end of Carlos's reign, where I, I was seriously thinking that th- these guys are flagging in the last quarter of an hour, 20 minutes, uh, most definitely, but... They've got very few injuries, and you ask any of the players, and, and, and I've looked at them as well. You know, I, I'd say this is the fittest and the best, healthiest the group has looked in years. So for me, that then it comes back down to it's it's a mental thing right now. So they've got to get over this hurdle, and also this is why Swansea is a pivotal moment because. They have not beaten still any of those top half teams. They haven't beaten one. They've played five now and it's still zero. And, and that's why they've got to get that monkey off the back. It's, it's huge, is Swansea, for that. But I know we'll go into it in more detail in yeah. a little while. Uh, it won't be easy. No, you're quite right. It does feel like the Swansea game is a real kind of pivotal moment. But um, we'll chat about that after we hear the thoughts of Gary Monk. What have you made, Gary, of the job that Steve Cooper's done yeah. since going in there? Brilliant. Um, yeah, I think the first thing is with all the turbulence that have gone over the last couple of years at that club, and I think Trevor Birch and, and Leon Britton, in terms of moving into that that sporting director role, is you know that's a really couple of safe pair of hands. You know, in terms of. Leon knowing the club, Trevor Birch, great expertise in what he does and, and they've steadied the ship off the pitch which he needed and I think that's then allowed the manager to come in and albeit there will always be things that you can improve and, and need to be done that ain't, maybe ain't in place but it's given him a steadier ship to take over and, um, and I think Trevor Birch and, and Leon and, and those types deserve a huge credit for that and then you know, in terms of the manager himself he's come in and done fantastic, you know, fantastic start for him and I don't know him personally but I've, I've come across him um, a few times and, and um, yeah seems very switched on seems like he's relishing the opportunity and, and yeah all credit to him How do you expect Swansea to set up this weekend? Well as the principles will be the same it's been the same all season probably for the last year under Graham Potter and, and obviously you know the new manager's changed a few things that from, from last season but the, the principles are exactly the same so I expect them to to mimic their principles. Certain tactical things can change within games, um, but the principles will be the same. And what are you going to have to do to counter sort of the way that they play and the, the style to, that they play? We have to do what we do. We have to do what we're set up to do and how competitive we can be and our quality when we can show it and do it what we have been doing and show it that way. Um, respect the opposition, of course, and we've worked on their strengths and how we need to affect them, but 
the main thing is always I focus mostly on us. If we know that we're at the high levels of our performances and we can get that from every player in the team, we mm. can put ourselves in positions to win games and that's what we'll be focused on. How concerned at the moment are you about Adam Leach's form? Not concerned at all. As I said, I'm not here to pick holes in players. I'll let other people do that. For me, that's not the right way to work. Of course, I know how what needs to improve, but I sit with these players, I show them the mistakes, I show them what their strengths are and you know, my job is to give them belief and push them, you know what I mean, and support them. And just because of ups and downs and setbacks, I'm not going to focus on that because there's no need to do that. That would be that would be a silly thing to do. I'll let everyone else worry about that. We're in here, we're pushing hard. These players, all I can say is they give everything and they're ready to work. They're giving everything every day. They're committed. And that's the most important thing to me. And I think fans can relate to that most. You know, if they see people that are putting effort and commitment there first, I think they'll relate to that. And I think the fans have understood and backed the players home and away with that situation. And of course, there'll be ups and downs and setbacks and disappointments, but I'm not here to pick holes in them. I'm here mm. to help them. And um, that's, what, that's how I work and that's what I'll continue to do. When an individual has a dip or goes slightly off form, are you the type of manager that do you put an arm around them or how do you handle it? How do no, you go you, about it lifting them? It's various ways. Yeah, you, you have to show trust. You have to show belief in them. I believe in all of them. But then there's also things where you need to rotate and you need to put freshness there and you need to, you know, as this is all the challenges of a, of a championship season. Mm. So you can change a player and people might say, oh, that's related to To me. I don't... Of course, if a player was going 10, 15 games with not performing, of course, that's a different scenario. But none of these players have been through a period where, you know what I mean, that type of situation. So to trust them and also to select the team that you think is best to try and win that game. And, mm. and that comes from my decisions and, and their attitude. But they're, they're all fighting. And as I said, my job is to support them. What, what did you make of the impact Jacob Murphy made when he came on, not just with his yeah, goal? No, I expect what you should do. Um, and yeah, it was good for him to get his goal and, and um, yeah, that impact in that point. Are you hoping that's going to kickstart it for him, hopefully, now? Yeah, well, I hope it kickstarts everyone. Yeah. Um, but as I said, their job is to be ready. You know, that's the point of a squad. It's not just about 11 players, it's about a squad. That's what we're in. So we're about to move in when we come out of this international break to a really heavy period of games without a break. And, and that's when you'll see. Um, the strength of the squad and it's you know at its most because we won't have any rest we've got a lot of games in short periods of times and mm. and that's when you'll see the full effect of of the squad that'll be needed so that's when you think after the international break the strength and depth that you have here that's when it's going to really yeah, come to that's the, the plan that's the hope yeah. and um and yeah that's when you'll see because we have to we're playing games sometimes every two days or every three days so um yeah we're gonna have to be smart and use the squad but they know they have to be ready and mm. as I said it's not about 11 players it's not about who starts it's about who comes on who's in the squads and and who can contribute but that's what they know what they're there for to, there to do I know you've said that you're focusing very much on the here and now but have you actually given much thought at all to January no what you'd like um, to do? a couple of conversations with, with David Downs and, 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 and the club um, on potentially places that we can strengthen but n not into any great detail at this point you're expecting to be busy in January or are you thinking that it As might I said, be I've not really thought about it. January comes and I deal with it then and um, you never know what's coming your way. Um, you can't predict that. But in terms of us, like I said, I've had um, preliminary talks with, with the recruitment department and obviously at the club as well and um, a few ideas on what we could do. But um, at this moment, it's not, 
it's not in any great detail or, or focus in terms of, of names and yeah. Zach positions and stuff like that. So, um, Swansea coming up on Saturday. Injury-wise then, so we know there's, you know, Bannon was, was, was out, Luongo was out, um, Tom Lee's on his way back. How are we looking in terms of uh, fitness for Saturday? Very positive on the whole. Barry Bannon's fit. He Good. will come straight back into the team. I have no doubt about that. Uh, Tom Lee's, it's, it's one match too early. Tom Lee's uh, will be ready after the international break and will be in contention for West Brom. And I went to the under-23s match on Monday in uh, Curzon Ashton. That was a new ground for me. Very good setup, actually. Very nice. Yeah. Sounds like yeah. a posh cinema. It, uh, hey, very good. Um, it, was, it was a delight and uh, saw a rare thing that is Jordan Rhodes scoring a goal. Um, so get him in the team yeah get that's well what would you think the plan has been all this week it has been cropping up all the roads leading to Wednesday starting (laughs) 11 yeah and and actually uh, Jordan Fawnley he got 90 minutes under his belt Ash Baker had been out injured for six seven weeks actually with a knock but he he got yes yeah not that he would be getting anywhere near the first team right now Uh, he's another one who really could do of going out on loan in yeah. January um, is he's not going to figure at the moment unless there's a few injuries to Palmer and Odebajo. Uh But yeah, Luongu is the only one, unfortunately, that Luongu's not going to be fit and ready. So, it's a shame that, isn't it? Because yeah. we, we were crying out for him on... I mean, we were crying out for Bannon as well. But um, Luongo, the, those those few games that he played before picking up the injury, he'd really started to make a difference to that midfield. And it looked different. That midfield looked better for him being in it. Uh, and uh, throwing Leeds does, as well. Leeds is feel, the same. He maybe could have added something a bit you know, different, you know, even if it was off the bench. Yeah. So, yeah, last couple of matches, yeah, that has definitely been a shame that Luongo... Uh, has been out and that he's not going to be fit for Swansea but it's what he does in midfield really it's what, in how many changes he makes will he you know, you know I asked um, Gary Monk about Adam Reach's form today and um, he, he pretty much battered it off and saying that we don't pick holes and our players and our squad, and it's, you know, it's collective effort and all that. So it's you know, he's getting behind Adam Reach. So to me, that suggests he's not going to leave Adam Reach out. Uh, I, I actually earlier on this week said that I do think I would take him out. I think that he has now had a lo- he has had a number of chances to come good, and for him to have so little impact at Blackburn and. You, you know, when you you think of what he did twelve months ago, he, he, at the moment he, he's, his career just feels as if it's stalled, yeah, uh, yeah. and and he needs to reignite, you know, and and get back to what he was producing twelve months ago. Now, no one's expecting him to, you know, put in a thirty forty yarder, you know, and score the screamers that he did. But we're talking about his all round contribution to the team, and I don't think that he is delivering and. It's it's such a shame as Wednesday of I think of stuck by him, tried to play him in the and, and played him by the way in the position he wants to play in. It's not as if you know some people I've seen this week have been saying, "Oh, get him on the left; he'd be more effective there." You know, switching wings with him and Harris for a number of reasons. I think that would be daft because Harris has been the standout player mm-hmm. from that area, so you wouldn't take Harris out, would you? And then also Adam Reach is happy and wants to play on the right but 
he's not produced the goods. So it's how long do you persevere with him? Uh, and frankly, I don't know if you what you you think about this. If Wednesday had other options in the wide areas, or if Jacob Murphy had produced, he'd have been dropped weeks ago. Possibly so. Um, you you're right in terms of the fact that you know ultimately we've got what we've got, and Adam Reach is not in. He's not in form. Um, I don't know why he's not in form. I don't feel there's a reason for him to be out of confidence at the moment. We thought that that goal against Middlesbrough would then kind of spur him into kind of getting back to how he how he had been, but it just didn't seem to make any difference. Um, and he does. He looks a bit lost at the moment, and and it's it's, it's sometimes it's quite painful watching Adam Reach play because he just looks just looks miles out of, of, of sorts, even down to his touch sometimes is just way off. I think it's important to say as well, we have actually, on this podcast, we have defended him uh, from plenty of the criticism that has come his way this season on social media, fans in general who I speak to, who've been frustrated with his form. But we are now a third of the way through the campaign and he's got one goal and a couple of assists. And we thought coming into this season that he was going to be maybe even the key man uh, and the, the the pivotal player in this team. And at the moment, it's not happening for him. So this is left, I think, Gary Monk with a very tricky selection dilemma. Uh, that how long can you stick by him? I think he will do against Swansea. But then after that, if it, if it carries on in this same vein. And we're not singling out uh, Adam Reach isn't the only one. You know, Jerry Pelly Pessy was desperately disappointing too uh, against Blackburn, having, you know, I think done okay in difficult circumstances with Leeds, but then to again, yeah, you, yeah, but you know, coming in last minute, you're pulling a face. But you, yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. It wasn't the best against Leeds. Yeah, yeah well, meh. Yeah. Whatever you wanted, you know, noise you want to. You know, give it um, yeah he it, had an opportunity though, didn't he Joe Pelipessi on Saturday because he he could have been a little bit more adventurous uh, he's got Sam Hutchinson to do kind of the dirty work um, and again you know the, the reason I'm pulling the face is just because I thought against Leeds that he never fully got a grip of the game against Blackburn exactly the same I just felt like he never really got to grips with that game he just didn't you know that it was it was an opportunity it's not like he's playing second fiddle to a, a Bannon or to a Luongu um, you know Kim and Lee was to be fair the, the same as well uh, but there's an opportunity there for Pelly Pessi to think you know he's he was by far the, the fittest of the players that we've got in midfield he could have run the show if he wanted to and he just didn't just didn't do it. Just, I don't know if he's just not capable of doing it or what, but he didn't yeah. seem to grasp that that was a that that he could do that. So let's bring it back to Swansea then. What would you do on Saturday if um, you were the manager? If you I'd, were Gary, I've got, I've got. I would stick with Reach because it just feels like um, we've got the Swansea game. Then there's a break, so you know, stick stick with him. And if if we've got to change something then do it while you've got a bit of time with the the, the players um, and you've got a bit of time to work with Adam Reach so that um, you, you're not kind of totally destroying his confidence. So I'd, I'd, I'd stick with it. What changes it would you make then? But so if you I, stick I would, with Reach? I would, take, um, I, would, I would take Kieran Lee and Joey Pellipessi out of midfield. I'd put Barry Bannon back in. And I would probably... Um, I would probably play Fernando Forestieri with um, Stephen Fletcher because... I don't. I, I see the argument for if we're going to play two up top. I see the argument for playing new you, but we need to score goals, and I'm not sure they're going to come from those two up front. I think Fernando Forestieri um, 
has got a point to prove and why not? Why the hell not? Why not shove him in? Why not just say, right, this is it, international break next, this is your chance, go out and take it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and play him up front, but give him a little bit of flexibility, give him a little bit of freedom, the space in midfield for him to drop back and to, to create things and to, to grab the ball and carry it um, and see what he can do. I wonder if Monk will go with Atty and Fletch again up top. I, I think he'll look at the, the style of play that Swansea are going to bring to the table and, and nobody knows Swansea better than Gary Monk having played and managed them in recent times. So he, he if, yeah, he's going to have a very good idea of what they're going to be bringing and I, you know, they're going to dominate the ball. I think they're going to, you know, even if Barry Bannon comes back in, that will make a bit of a difference. But I still expect Swansea to probably have 55%, maybe 60% of the ball. So will... Gary Monk think to himself, well, let's bypass midfield and go direct sometimes. So by starting Atty and Fletch, it gives you that option. But that's only, that's all very well and good, only if you're getting midfield runners. And, and that's it. You know, you're not going to get the two in the centre. If they go 4-4-2, Sam Hutchinson and Barry Bannon, they're not going to be doing that, are they? This is where Luongu being out is is a problem or is a shame. So yeah, I I I I'm with you. I mean, you, you could go four four two, and some will say the positive selection would be Forestieri to pair him with Fletcher. Forestieri hasn't played, started a match in months. Let's see what he can do. I wonder though if Gary Monk will go with the two biguns again up front. Is the, the it feels like there's a, an importance here in terms of the fact that. It's a game that we've really got to win. That's that's number one. Number two is off off the back of what we saw at Ewood Park on Saturday. The, the we need to feel that there's a positive performance here because there's 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 a risk attached to this for Gary Monk mm. that it can start to feel a little bit like he's a bit of a negative manager. You know, we've touched on this thing about playing this kind of you know if you're going to play direct that that can at times seem anti-football. It can seem negative. And we're not scoring loads of goals off the back of doing that. So it's, I think as fans, we need to see more ambition. And I I just don't feel that Stephen Fletcher and Atty Newyu screams ambition to me. Not a lot of goals there, is there? In fact, they've dried up for Stephen Fletcher now. He's gone five without a goal. I was looking at the stats earlier. So, yeah, I... A lot of things to consider, and and you're right that for Wednesday it, it's huge. It's very significant. Is is Saturday because if they don't get the win, you know we said weeks ago that we we wanted a minimum of eight points, and they're only going to get eight points if they beat Swansea. So for me, anything less than a win means that this would be, I think, deemed as failure. This run of fixtures. I don't think many people would disagree or argue with that. Uh, You know, especially when you then factor in Cardiff minutes away from a win and then you go ahead against Blackburn and Leeds at home, they should have won that too. They edged it. Points have been dropped. Now, the difficulty is that they're facing a Swansea team who they're fourth in the table and they're fourth in the table for a reason is that they've had an excellent start to the season and they haven't lost on their travels. So wow. something's going to have to give on Saturday. 
and it's actually remarkable with Swansea, we, you know, just touching on them for a minute, that they've done as well as they have when you think that they lost Dan James and Ollie McBurney, two of their best or better players in the summer, and haven't spent big money. Like, you know, They've been making serious cutbacks since they've come into the championship over the last 15, 16 months. And so they've used the loan market very effectively. Goalkeeper, centre-half has come in. I think there's a midfielder. And they've got some really good technical players. You know, So if Wednesday aren't at it, they're going to get punished. You know, I like you know, Chouina, I think, scored against Wednesday before when he played Ipswich. Here playing the number 10 position. They've got Andre Ayew, who's done really well for them last few weeks. And then they've got two experienced wingers in Routledge and Dyer, who can be a handful in the day. So that... They're not to be underestimated at all as Swansea. There's a good mix of kind of experience and, and yeah. kind of hunger and desire in there, isn't there? And and that um, is clearly working for them. Um, I had a, a glimpse at the, the league table to just kind of see. I know that Swansea made a decent start to see whether they were still sort of in touch. Um, and they're in that pack that's there's just showing hints of just starting to pull away, isn't it? There's four teams at the at the top of the table at the moment that, you know, there's a three-point gap and you just think, well, if, if Wednesday win, then we move within like a couple of points of that pack if we lose then that gap just going into an international break it, it just feels like it's um yeah it's it's a it's a it's a meaty gap that between be, between kind of us and and them going back uh, to your point i was going to say on I, I, for me it's all about the results i'd love a great strong performance on saturday i'd love them to put in the best of the season I, I, as far as I'm concerned, I just, they need a win. It's all about winning on Saturday. Like that's all that matters. If they get the performance too, that's a bonus. But it's three points. It's it's crucial, especially when you then think after the break, it's the leaders away from home, West Brom. That's going to be tough. Then Birmingham at home and Charlton away. So some hard games coming up. It's it's, it's a tough period, you know, between now and. The end of this year, I think, is it only Birmingham who are not in that top 10 who I think they play something like that? So, they've got to start beating the teams in and around them. We've said it before, yeah. And as we said earlier on, it does, it, it just feels pivotal. Um, so it's Gary Monk's 10th league game in charge, which has become kind of you know, 10 league games has become one of those sort of milestone moments where you sort of take stock a little bit going into the international break as well. So, it just feels like it's going to be a natural point to sort of pass some sort of judgment on how Monk's doing, how this season's going. Uh, and that is so dependent on the result on Saturday. I think if we win on Saturday, you look at it and think, ah, it's, you know, it's, it's healthy, it's not bad, it's fine, we're in, we're in touch. Uh, lose on Saturday, it just looks so different. And, um, you know, it's, this is the championship, isn't it? And, and you know, things from between winning and losing can really be chalk and cheese. And, and that is the situation that we're in right now as we look ahead to Saturday, isn't it? There's no getting away from it. No, it is, it's true. Uh, you know, you have to bear in mind... Uh, you know, from the run of matches that Gary Monk's had, that you know, d- defensively, he's he's done great on the whole. You know, you can't get past that. You know, the two centre halves have have been magnificent, and uh, the the organisation and structure he's certainly brought. But it is all about still coaxing more out of the front players and uh, getting more at the top end. That's 
what they've got to fix. They have to sort that out. And I think in the the top 11 teams, they've got the worst goal-scoring record in the league. So it has to be addressed. If Wednesday are going to stay in touch with the you know, with the other contenders up there, then they've got to start scoring more goals. Let's get a different perspective on things and uh, a, a rare media outing for Kieran Westwood. What are your thoughts on Swansea on the sort of challenge that they posed? Yeah, they're a good side, aren't they, obviously. Um, but so are we. Um, and they'll probably be saying the same as us. It should be a good game. One I'm looking forward to. Um, and one, you know... If we win, I know we're just outside the pass, but it's that tight. Like you know, we're into the we're into the mix again. How important is it to go into the international break on a high after the last couple of tours where mm. performance has been there, but you've not quite got over the line? Yeah, I thought we played really well against Leeds. I think we were a little lucky. Thought we probably should have won that. Uh, just the paint on the bar really that sort of yeah. killed us a little bit. But I thought we played really well. Um, and then obviously Blackburn. I thought we did okay. I we. Managed to get in front and then sort of just, I don't know if we sat off or maybe just lost a bit of concentration or ended up losing it. But like you say, we lost at Hull. We probably didn't deserve to lose at Hull. We didn't deserve to lose at Blackburn, if I'm honest. I don't think we did. Um, but we did. Like at Hull, we probably should have had a penalty at Hull. So that probably should have been a draw. Blackburn maybe should have been a draw. But we're talking about two defeats. But the thing we need to do now is bounce back from that. And I think we did that after the whole game, so fingers crossed, looking forward to uh, the game on Saturday. Can you take a lot of confidence too from the home form that you've shown this year? I, th- I think, I think we, st- we can anyway, I think we know we're a good side, we know that we're going to, with a bit of luck, because obviously you need a bit of luck, but with the quality we have in our team, um, we've got to be looking at the top six, and I think everybody in the dressing room would, would absolutely say the same thing. Um, so the confidence is still there, like I say, we don't get very low after a defeat we don't come in and we don't rip each other's heads off we don't say oh you did this listen people make mistakes over the course of the season that's going to happen it's just how you bounce back from that and that's what we'll be looking to do over the weekend how much would it mean to you as someone who's been here for a long time and yeah. also uh, quite a few people like Tom mm. Barry you know, if you were to get this club up because yeah. there's the opportunity to go down and fill it because it has been so long well, again, that's another sort of incentive for not just me, not just uh, Leezy, not just uh, Baz or Fletch or anybody, or Hutch, Palms as well. Mm-hmm. We've all been here quite a while. Um, it's not just me. It's And even the lads that have only just signed, like Massimo or, or Murph, or, you know, so it would be huge for them as well. Like, you know, it'd be something that come the end of the season to give ourselves the best chance of getting promoted, we need to be in that top six. And I think if we can, that'd be a great. Be confident. I would like to say, I think in the dressing room, I think we've shown over the, the first half of the season that we're more than capable of matching anybody in this league, mm-hmm. whether it be in the top, the top teams or so-called top teams or fancy teams or whatever. Um, so I'd like to think so, yeah. What have you made of how things have gone for you personally so far this season? Yeah, it's been alright. I set off on the first day, which is not ideal. <laughs> um, but it's been it's been good since you know I made a few good saves and um, four clean sheets I think it is. Um, so I'd like a few more. Um, so I'm, I think I'm looking. At, I think I'm 175 games or something. Maybe 176 games for the club. So it's a lot of club, uh, a lot of games, and um, hopefully I can keep ticking them off. Are you quite big into your stats? Um, I, I don't know. I think the only stat that really matters is 
the, the win, you know, whether that's 4-3 or 1-0 or 2-1 or whatever. That, that would be the only stat that really matters to me come 6 o'clock Saturday night. You know, that would be the only one that matters. And then maybe over the course of the week, go, mm, Jesus. But not, not to the point where it would grate on me or anything like that. As long as we win on a match day, that's all that matters. Because come the end of the season, no one cares. Of course, over the last few months it's been announced you've, you've got this role with Cheadle Town. <laughs> is that an indication that, that your own playing days, you might start be thinking about life after playing? Well, the owner of the club is my best mate. So he's always ringing me and asking me for advice. Um, so we're always chatting anyway, we seem to speak to him more or less every day. Um, so we just, did you fancy it? So I thought, yeah, why not? I'm, I'm sort of helping out anyway and, um, you know, like I say, he's one of my best mates and um, it's a great little club, I'm not going to lie to you, I, I like going there, it's, uh, it's a good vibe, the people are great there and, um, you know, it's something I quite like being part of. Um, but I wouldn't say I was, you know, looking at retiring into my car and being a board member or, you know, that wouldn't, wouldn't really excite me, I suppose, getting up on a Saturday morning excites me still, um, which is great. Um, I don't know, I think 35, only just turned 35 by the way, but I feel in good shape, um, probably in the best shape I've been in since a young kid really. Um, so as you, as you get older you have to sort of look after yourself more. Um, to make sure you train every day, which I do, and um, you know, give yourself the best possible chance of playing well on a Saturday. Final one, just on Cheadle, I read that there's a number of Wednesday fans that have been contacting the club and asking that's great. about shirts and stuff like that. That yeah. must be fantastic. It's brilliant, but that's, that's the power of Sheffield Wednesday for me. That's why I love being at this club, and this is why I love being part of this club. It's the people around it, in the club, in the, club, in the training ground, at the stadium, the fans, everyone that, I ever see or ever meet, it's really positive, like, it, like I say, we've been out of the Premier League for a good number of years now, and the support never wanes, it's still there strong, and it's like a big family for me, and I, like I said, they've really took from me from day one, and I've really took to them, and to that, just the, you know, Cheadle's, like you say, a 10th tier club, but for a, a club of this magnitude, for the fans just to be, that will give everybody in Chile a huge boost and I can't thank them enough for that I think that's great uh, so we talked last week about Morgan Fox winning Wednesday's uh, player of the month uh, Julian Burnham nominated for the championship uh, player of the month just off the back of his first major mistake in a, in a Wednesday shirt on um, Saturday um, good for him though because he obviously did win player of the month in for Wednesday in August um, and great for him to you know kind of getting a little bit of sort of national recognition there. I think it helped, didn't it, that he scored in the game that was on telly at Cardiff. Yeah. I think that always helps. And he put in a, a really good performance that night. Uh, funnily enough, there were only three matches in October that he played in, you know, as he missed the Leeds game after picking up an injury. So that, yeah, three was that, matches. Was that the only one that we kept a clean sheet yeah, in as yeah. well? <laughs> um, Wigan. Wigan at home right. as well. But yeah, it's Wigan at home and then what was it? Cardiff away, uh, Stoke at home. So actually it was two clean sheets. But yeah, it, it, he deserved to be in there. I, I am pleased for him and I think he fully deserves that recognition. Absolutely. He he has been, uh, on the whole, superb since coming to English football. 
not much other stuff knocking around this week. Um, some some rumours doing the rounds about Cameron Dawson, who we know is out of contract this coming summer. Um, there's kind of a couple of suitors that might be kind of lining up a, a move for for him. Um, do you th- do you think that Cameron Dawson can feel himself a little bit unlucky because I've seen a few people saying Kieran Westwood this season not not the you know, the amazing form that we've seen from him in the in the past, although. Those you know quality world class saves do keep coming around, and we do keep saying seeing those. Um, the question marks that uh, you, know, you you raised this, and I'd agree with it about um, where he was for the goal on Saturday. It felt a little bit like a carbon copy of the the goal at Hull as well, and um, you know I I wondered whether or not you know he could have done more with uh, with that, and I know you you weren't on board with that, but um, yeah, I don't know. Is, is Cameron Dawson going to be kind of licking his wounds a little bit and thinking, actually, you know what? I need to get some first-team football. I think it'd, it'd definitely be at the point where he will be feeling, yeah, a little bit hard done by and unlucky not to have played more. I think he's had six matches so far this season and he's kept, I think, three clean sheets. So he's got a very respectable record. Uh, and, of course, the last time he played was Stoke and he made a great pivotal yeah. save in the second half. Uh, that ensured that Wednesday won that game. So I I, I think it's tricky. It, it, for me, I would be looking at it and going that Cameron Dawson potentially would be one of the easier players to get tied down to a new deal. You know, he loves the club. He's a Wednesdayite. And he, he may look at it and go, well, how many more years is Kevin Westwood going to uh, you know, continue to play at, at the highest level for? You know, Kevin Westwood's recently turned 35 but then on the flip side Cameron Dawson's 24 and at that age he should be a first team regular for me so Cameron Dawson's going to have a tricky decision to make but I am surprised I know that Joe Wildsmith's got a number of years left on his contract but I am surprised maybe that Wednesday are not um, maybe you know looking to get that one sorted out you know, when you're thinking that they've got so many, and we've discussed it before, when you know, we're talking double figures, I think 10 of the 18 who played against Blackburn might not be there next season unless they, you know, unless they start to tie some of these guys down. And I just would have thought it's, that Cameron Dawson would be one that they should be looking at. And there is interest from Preston and Derby, Rangers. So... Yeah, I think Wednesday need to maybe get think about that and look at it and get a bit of a shift on if they wanted to keep Cameron Dawson part of the plans. It's really important as well when we start thinking ahead to the January transfer window. We've got to know, we need to know which of these players are going to be around. And maybe Gary Monk does and maybe they've talked about it and you know we're, we're just not privy to that, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it's just dead important. We, we need to know now the areas that we're going to need to strengthen in. And if, if someone who's in the team now doesn't have a, ultimately isn't going to have a future. We, we can't wait until they go before bringing in a replacement. That's uh, exactly what's caught us out in the last few years, really, when it comes to um, transfer policy. Um, other stuff this week. So, well done to Liam Palmer back in the Scotland squad. Um, no place for Barry Bannon. Probably not a surprise, particularly with um, him picking up an injury this month. Um, Stephen Fletcher also not in the uh, squad. Uh, but rumours of uh, Wales taking a look at Morgan Fox. 
Doesn't strike me as being the most Welsh of people, Morgan Fox. Uh, well, n- no, I think Chelmsford-born, I think. But yeah, right. it, I think, um, again, uh, I think he's maybe full grandparent. I think that he qualifies. He's He's been capped, I think, seven times by the under-21s at Wales. And actually, he was, I think the last time he was in the senior squad when he got called up was four years ago under right. Chris Coleman. So, uh, it's good, though. It's good to see that they are keeping a close eye on his progress and that he could be in their plans and you never know if, if, if he continues to perform really well for Wednesday maybe a first cap might be around the corner uh, you know, sooner than you think you never know I mean, stranger things have happened who'd have thought that Liam Palmer had been capped three times by Scotland and is again in their squad over some of Wednesday's other players you know, so it just shows you the turnaround really in fortunes for the fullbacks. It just proves how ultimately very Scottish he really is, doesn't it? That's Absolutely. It right, on to our opinion. So last week uh, we were talking about the James Beattie rumours. Um, what we've not mentioned, by the way, of course, is that Wednesday have brought in a new member of Backroom oh, staff. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, so uh, did we touch on it last week? No, we no, wouldn't we have done, No, Ryan Needs, so yes, um, head of tactical analysis, knows Gary Monk inside out, having worked with him at his previous clubs from Swansea and Birmingham, Leeds, Middlesbrough. A good addition. I, I think you know Gary Monk's delighted to get him on board, and uh, he was actually in the stands for the first time at Ewood Park. Uh, so yeah, he, you know he'd be sort of on a match day. He he will be looking at the live footage, and he will be looking at the data, and so he, he's a, a an integral cog in the Gary Monk machine. So I think. Yeah, that that was someone. Yeah, Ryan Needs was someone who Gary Monk wanted to bring in pretty much as, as straight away as soon as he took over from the job. So, still some work to be done on James BT, and uh, that may rumble on for a little while longer yet. Uh, we obviously did the Twitter poll last week about whether or not um, Wednesday fans would welcome James BT to Hillsborough with his connections with other teams in the past, um, and. Perhaps unsurprisingly, it was a bit of a landslide, this 87% of people saying yes, they'd welcome to Hillsborough, only 13% of people saying uh, no. Um, So some good comments on this one. Christian saying if he's a true professional, who he's played for in the past has no to do with it. Um, He's going to be paid to do a job. Uh, Would be a good appointment, plus Gary Monk knows him well. Andrew says, why not? The only question is, is he any good? Um, um, Is he going to help improve the team? Monk must think so. He's an area where we need this strengthening, isn't it? Because we've talked about, you know, not scoring goals. Um, Andy Rhodes says, not the Andy Rhodes, I assume <laughs> anyway, um, although he's at work, maybe he's tweeting us, I don't know. Um, I'm surprised that anyone would be against the appointment, to be honest. So, um, yeah, probably unsurprisingly that, that most fans would be happy to um, to take him. Everything that we've kind of talked about on this podcast so far has um, all built towards this thing about we're just not scoring enough goals. Anyone, don't, I don't care who it is, anyone that can come in, we'll take Ollie McBurney as, uh, as our attacking Steady. coach if needs to be. Um, I don't really care. Look, it just whoever it's going to be, that uh, anyone that can help us score more goals is going to be welcome. Yes, I, I agree. And this leads you neatly on to the Owls' opinions for this week, doesn't it? It does, yes. Yeah. So um, this week... Um, quite specific. So, one player you'd keyword here realistically like to see Wednesday sign in January. Anyone 
that tweets us with Ronaldo or Messi is getting blocked. <laughs> That's the rules. Um, so, You'll be yeah, doing one player you really slickly like to see Wednesday sign. I know who January. I would like. Go on then. Dwight Gale. Dwight Gale? Dwight Gale is so not... Where is he now? Is he he's out in Newcastle and he's not getting much football there at all. Uh, and... We've already seen they've loaned out one Newcastle player to Wednesday this season and look at how many goals he got in the Championship last year for West Brom. He would be a brilliant signing. So, yeah, you know, I think he's exactly what Wednesday are missing right now. I'll go with that, yeah. <laughs> I don't think about I, I knew you were going to do I can't that. think of anyone. I just... Yeah. Uh, honestly, like in terms of specifics, I just can't think of anyone. But we'll throw it open. Um, so this is dead specific. One player that realistically you'd like to see Wednesday sign in January. Let us know on Twitter, uh, Facebook, anywhere that you fancy on the social medias. Um, you can catch Dom at Dom Housen. I'm at James Marriott. And contact the show at Dom and James. Um, thank you at this point to our gold sponsor, Taito Law, who you can find on Twitter at Taito Law and also on their website, titolaw.co.uk. That's just about it. Thank you for joining us. As ever, please let us have your feedback on the show and we appreciate your reviews. You can subscribe to us for free in your podcast app of choice and that makes sure that you get the new episode every week. Uh, check out the show notes as well of details of how you can become a Singing the Blues supporter. Up the owls and see you next week. 